This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have James Owen from Thinking in Circles. We'll be talking about recruitment marketing leadership, why it is time for recruitment marketers to have a seat at the table. We've been talking about this for H- with HR for, you know, I believe, like 300 years. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, because of COVID, ironically, uh, they were thrust into not just having a seat at the table, but uh, uh, standing on the table and uh, building the table and all kinds of stuff on the table. So it's a, it's a great metaphor and, and a wonderful one for James and I to explore with recruitment marketers. James, hello. Um, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Thinking in Circles? Uh, well, firstly, thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Sure. Um, uh, long-time listener, first-time kind of host, uh, guest. Um, so, yeah, my name is James Whitelock, and I'm the Managing Director of Thinking Circles, and we're a recruitment marketing agency based out of the UK, but we have kind of a, a global reach. Um, we, you know, this is a kind of a subject that's close to my heart because it's something we deal with with our kind of clients on a daily basis. We only work with recruitment agencies and businesses that are kind of circling the recruitment and, and HR space. Uh, and traditionally, these businesses don't have um, a marketing function. So that's kind of where where we come in. Um, and it also gives us kind of really kind of good access to understanding the, 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 the businesses and agencies philosophy around marketing and how they think about it, what they think its usage is and and all the kind of preconceptions that's kind of come with it. And, uh, you know, uh, as you said, the, the last couple of years have been really interesting from a, a recruitment marketing perspective. So we'll start with some basic kind of terms for, for the audience so that they, so that they kind of can understand um, maybe where these concentric circles kind of overlap. Um, obviously, we've been taught employer brand and the mm-hmm. importance of employer brand to, over the last couple of years from a technology perspective. Uh, you know, we've been taught also about CRM, candidate relationship management software, um, and recruitment marketing. Where, you know, now, now that we have some basic terms and you'll add a bunch more, but where, where do we start when, when we try to explain this to our leadership, you know, the, the structure of how things should work, uh, how, how should it work? If you had a magic wand, how would you have it work at, at firms? Well, well it's one, it's, you know, the, you know, this whole thing about having marketing have a seat at the table, that's exactly what marketing needs to be. When you look outside of recruitment and HR, you know, a lot of business, most businesses have kind of take marketing quite seriously. And it's one of the kind of considerations they have right at the, at the conception or when they get to a stage where they're big enough and they need to kind of to start to, to grow their brand. And when I say a seat at the table, it means, you know, someone at director level, you know, really someone who's around the board table who can drive this type of strategy from the top down. In traditionally within recruitment, it doesn't happen that way, you know. It's it's recruitment so kind of sales focused, the actual marketing, you know that that kind of gets there's a there's a sidelined basically. So really, what we're talking about is someone who can um, can interact with 
every level of the business, at different parts of the business, and understand them, but from a marketing perspective, right? And that, and by that, I mean, <clears throat> how are you going to talk to your different audiences? What's the message that's going to be in front of those, those, those people? How are you going to kind of convert them? What's the journey these people take? What is it you think they need? Where do you add value beyond that kind of transactional uh, affair that we usually have within within uh, recruitment, which is, right, we're going to charge you to find this, this candidate to place into this role. There's more to it now, right? There's much more to this to how recruitment works. Everyone listening, so I'm sure, would know this. But to do that, marketeers need to be much further near the top and kind of be, get beyond this, this stage of, you know, the colouring in department, which is the kind of usual kind of joke that's thrown in the marketeers' way, you know, beyond building PowerPoint presentations and making things look pretty. <laughs> much more kind of strategic. Kind of. Oh, you're, you're playing with art. That's cute. <laughs> do you need some glue? Do you need some scissors? That's yeah. awfully awesome. Um, and, you know, and, and what's the irony of that is, is uh, marketers, uh, corporate marketers, have struggled with that, struggled that for, with, with that for, for years until they became a bit more scientific. Hmm. Once they crossed over uh, and, and really kind of started doing things with really learning math and Excel and, you know, all of these things to where they can start building business cases and using RO at that time or return on advertising and things like that. It's like they had to build, they had to actually show up at the table and with math mm-hmm. for finance and accounting and sales to respect them. And uh, the irony here in America, at least, the irony of that is 20 years on is it's hard to find a corporate marketer that's actually an artist. Well, you know? it's an interesting point you make, right? Because I think we almost need to move a little bit away from that. Okay? Right. I think we've got very obsessed with this kind of with, – with return on investment is the thing that always gets thrown at, at marketeers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once you start becoming an accountant instead of a marketeer, then I feel something has probably gone wrong. Something's gone awry. Uh, and not saying that all marketeers need to have be kind of creatives in, in, in no way, but I think they need to be strategists. Um, and they need to be given the kind of breadth to kind of build out these plans and build out these strategies. And like other functions within many businesses, these, this takes time. Um, and so I think that whole... The whole kind of uh, accountancy kind of piece, the whole thing around Excel spreadsheets, and you know, going into the the, the fine detail of where every single penny has been kind of converted from, um, sometimes doesn't do us any good, right? No, I think it can oftentimes. be really, yeah, I, yeah. I think it'd be really detrimental to what marketers can really add to a business. It's it's funny when I owned an agency, when people would ask me about that, I'm like, listen, there's some things it's really easy to do the calculus on. Okay, so you want to? We would do an email campaign. Let's do something simple. I, you put in ten thousand dollars. I, I can kind of figure out and really kind of draw down on exactly what that gets you coming back. You want to redesign your logo or your or your or your message. Uh, it's going to be harder for me to do the math because um, it's what 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 drives that is when salespeople have given up on your message. That's that's what's that's what's that's what's happened. If they give given up on your message, then you need to invest in it regardless of the of the outcome, because you what? need your sales team to believe in the message. But it's I hard can... for me to do the calculus, so I'd always bifurcate <laughs> and say, "Hey, there's certain things I can do math around, and certain things I just can't." You're just going to have to trust the fact that you need to do this, and there's other compelling reasons for that. Yeah, you're 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 completely right. Um, 
but this this comes back to the the fact that sometimes even marketeers aren't the best communicators. <laughs> we, you know, and it's our it's our it's our job to make sure that the the sales teams know exactly what we're doing and what we are expected of them, and put it right. into 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 forms and terms and something that's digestible that they can use, right? And it's about understanding the sales teams as well. You know, so many times you you walk into some some kind of businesses, and and this is businesses we work with. You've got the sales team on one side of the office and you've got the marketeers maybe on another. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not going to work, right? No, <laughs> I mean, no, that's no, just no. no, you know, I mean, you need these these teams kind of embedded together. You know, um, there's no way that the, the guys can kind of respect each other. You know, again, this is where this whole, you know, the coloring in department and the guys are just shouting down phones, basically. That's, you know, that's. Oh, and I've, I've seen it worse, James. I've actually, this is years ago. I had a, a chief revenue officer at that time become VP of sales. He goes, here's the deal about marketing. They send me spreadsheets. I delete them. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I was caught off guard. I'm like, well, okay, that's, you know, that is what it is. Why? He goes, because they think that, that what they're doing is fruitful. And they send stuff to me because they've been to an event and they've captured some data and they send it to me. And they, send it, they think that they're doing the right things. The problem is, is all that's fodder and it's it's not helpful for my bdrs it's not tough for my team and so you you i mean you're absolutely right it's like it's it's like you know on some level you've got to actually get together and go okay what's a combined plan like okay you've got a, a forecast a revenue goal that you've got to hit fantastic how do we play a part in that yeah yeah i mean and that kind of that only can be a good thing and that and that then let's marketing kind of one prove their worth one then embed themselves within the business but also lends them you can start thinking about things like account-based marketing when you go mm-hmm. down those there's there's methodologies that will be alien to some um recruiters and the way that they can work together with, with marketing now i go on about uh, abm all the time and i know we're not we're not here to necessarily talk about that right but there's then it's when there's other methodologies right there's other things beyond you know, building a PowerPoint presentation or a deck for these guys, right? There's, there's things where you can all work really well together with a with a goal and a single outcome, like kind of account-based marketing or something similar, right? Other things that we kind of do that only once we kind of embedded with the sales teams and we've got kind of authority from the top down where we can kind of, we can put these kind of things in place. So this is where, you know, this whole kind of seat at the table kind of scenario really kind of plays, plays its piece because if we can kind of build this strategy, we can say, right, this is how we're going to work. We're going to do this, 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 and this with these guys over here. We're going to work with, we're going to work with the internal recruiters around EVP and employer branding over here. And then it all kind of starts to add value. And that's where you start to move away a little bit from the kind of number crunches. Right. Uh, and you start moving kind of this blended approach from, right, we can prove growth, we can prove return, we can also be creative, we can be strategic. And that's when I think that's where marketing is, is at its best. It's, it's and one more question before we get to some success stories, because I, I think that'll help people. And it's, it's based in the um, re- recruitment marketers. You know, I think there's, we kind of talk to each other. Uh, oftentimes there's awards, you know, for, for, for people that do great uh, and, and things like that. But, but outside of that, it's, it's, I'm not sure the, the rest of the executive team understands what great recruitment marketing looks like and feels like and, yeah. and, and what impact it has on employer brand, what have, what impact it has on candidate flow and you know, all these other things that it has impact on. And I, I remember a campaign Ikea did, I think it's in Australia a hundred years ago. 
And it was, uh, they put job adverts inside the boxes, which, which it was inside the boxes, but they were, they were built, they were created like instructions. Like, <laughs> so they look like a typical Ikea box. You'd buy it, you know, whatever, a bookshelf or whatever it was, and you'd have it, but this was a job ad. And they'd have the instructions too, but, but it was, those were separate. And so you'd look at it and it was, and it's, it, you know, it's like I had all the different, you know, things that you had to, you know, all the, all the pieces and all the things and it literally looked and felt same paper, you know, same thing. It just felt like, and it was just like, oh, that's, that's bright. Like that's mm-hmm. actually really, really, really bright. And I'm sure it was effective. Because, you know, people that shopped at Ikea, probably there was an affinity already, and uh, I'm sure it worked, but it was just, it was a bright campaign. I mean, what probably had two, 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 it had probably a couple of different outcomes, right? One, it was just a good branding exercise, right? That's right. Just, you know, right. I mean, good it, point. they probably knew that they weren't going to get a huge amount of kind of applications. But right. It proves to the people that they are hiring, they're growing, the people who are kind of work, kind of buying at Ikea means they know that this is a kind of a growing business that they're after this kind of thing. So, you know, I think that's actually, that's more of a kind of a branding exercise and probably, and, and really, and, and you know, it obviously was effective because you're telling that story now. That's right. Remember yeah. It. Yeah. And, and again, can it flow? Eh. Did they do the return on investment? Did they sit around with Excel? Eh. Probably yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. Probably not. What are, what are so without, I mean, you can name names and all that stuff. In fact, if, if you can, that's great. It's just give us some examples. Take us into the world where you've seen recruitment marketing work so that we can, you know, so the audience can start to kind of put their hands and heads around, you know, okay, what is, what does it look like when it works? And, you know, obviously we'll, we can deal with some of the opposite when it doesn't work, but let's just, you know, let's see if there's some positive stories first. So uh, I'll give you some of the things that kind of we've been working with some of our clients, obviously our clientele are all recruitment agencies. So we, the recruitment agencies, you know, they sit in the middle of this process uh, and they're either loved or loathed. So sometimes we've got a battle against that in the first place. But, you know, for for instance, in the UK at the minute, you know, there is this um, real shortage and uh, and this, I don't like the term war for talent, but there is a need for really good recruitment consultants, right? Every business that we're working for in a minute is screaming out for, for, for recruitment because, it, the, because the market's gone crazy, so they're trying to grow. So that is a lot of the work that we are doing in a minute. And so we've got a, a couple of businesses that we worked on, one, one specific who's, uh, they work in... Um, inclusivity so they kind of recruit uh in, you know they have an inclusive kind of recruitment process and they work with businesses who want to be more inclusive uh, and that's their whole kind of uh, usp and they're trying to grow at the minute uh so we've been working with them to kind of grow their team and we've basically picked up on this kind of inclusivity kind of theme and running through it through any of the kind of marketing material that we're picking up there so this is a good, good a good example you know if you can latch onto a theme that is going to kind of really kind of do really well those are the kind of things that I think are going to turn on. Obviously, you know, you've got to know your audience pretty well. So you've done all the research around this. You know that these kind of people and you're trying to kind of get from. And some of that now is you can obviously do a lot of that through kind of technology. There's all kinds of tech out there that you can kind of, kind of get your, get your message in front of people. But again, that specific message and this inclusive message seem to be really switching on for the, for this, for this uh, inclusivity. Now, everything else they've done and all their kind of positioning, all their messaging was around inclusivity. But when we kind of like drilled that down into the people who wanted also want to work for them, you know, that really switched on, that really kind of had a turn on. Um, and, you know, for that business, that means it's, 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 it really generally is in the DNA of them. 
and we were able to kind of like uh, latch onto that. So that's that's kind of one example. So inclusivity is one of these things that really switch on. And when we talk about inclusivity, uh, you know, we're obviously not talking around just you know having a photo of someone who is disabled, someone who is uh, who is older, someone who is kind of from a, 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 a minority background. You know, we're talking about much more that that you're not just trying you're the process is very open that you're not at no point along that process are you kind of cancelling people out so again we have to try and put those things into our marketing as well which isn't necessarily easy and you know even from our point of view we're still learning but that is a good example of where things are kind of working at the moment when it comes to kind of trying even trying to recruit uh, recruitment consultants yeah you're, um, you're building themes that people can uh, in this case are, are really 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 good theme that you believe in it's obviously something that the, the firm values and so yeah. it proliferates everything that they do and yeah. it also is something that people care about yeah so, i mean exactly yeah exactly yeah so, all right go on uh, you i know you had like jillions of these so <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on to the next one uh you know so so a lot of our clients are also in the uh tech sectors right so we've got a lot of uh, it and tech recruiters mm -hmm. um uh, and that is notoriously kind of it's you know difficult to kind of recruit in because you know that's it's just it's such a highly highly um you know competitive industry in a minute something like something like 50 percent of all uk recruiters are in it right so it's a mm -hmm. very it's a it's a, it's a it's a big pool but with a lot of fish in it basically all trying to get the right the same kind of candidates so how do you try and stand out from from the other businesses well you know so one one project we're kind of going through at the minute um is really to kind of make sure that they look significantly different to everyone else out there um the problem with with recruitment is especially let's say the, the process of recruitment online very similar right it's become an expectation that you are going to work you are going to use the website to apply for a job this way this is how it works right now that's just kind of standard ux but how you kind of position yourself you know is is the thing that's going to kind of catch on um and even simple things as your branding and the, the kind of branding and the imagery that you use to get to get across so really simple kind of branding and marketing tools but, you know, and everyone, most of the people you talk to are going to say, well, we don't want to have any stock photos of people sitting around, a, you know, a, a desk. Da, 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 the diversity hands. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Got it. But everybody has still has them. So it's kind of like, well, if you don't want them, why are you, you know, you know, and you've had them there for, you've been using these across your, in, you know, all of your brands for the last mm -hmm. 10 years. And only now you've decided. So the things, things like um, really kind of going outside, going outside and looking, thinking completely differently and thinking about what actually your audiences want from you and what turns them on and what is the things that's going to kind of attract them. Uh, right. And usually that isn't necessarily stuff around recruitment or them kind of doing, even doing their job, but it's much more kind of, it's pushing about. So the stuff we're doing with this business is that it is so, you know, the, there's, there's some really bright kind of colored, just crazy abstract imagery that we're working with them you know, that is much just, it's going to, it's got almost zero to do with the kind of areas that they're recruiting in. Okay. But it's had a great response so far, you know? Yeah. And again, this is one of those things where looking outside of recruitment can also help, right? If you, if we were kind of work, working in other areas, you'd be, you'd be fine with kind of looking at this kind of diff, different, imagery. and it's really simple stuff, right? But, you know, so, so sometimes again, they're so, uh, wary of taking these chances and again this is the role that marketing can play it's just to try and nudge people along to push these kind of boundaries um 
we can't, I think, I, can't I, think people, people. I think people are wary though, James, sorry to interrupt. I think people are wary because a kind of tradition, you know, maybe some things that uh, history, tra- tradition, etc. But some of it is ego in this sense of you're 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 pushing and talking about audience first. Okay, what does your audience care about? Okay, then let's go build a layer around what they care about so we can so we can engage with them kind of on their terms, not necessarily on our terms. And there's a whole lot of executives that just, you know, will see that and go, yeah, but I, I really like the color blue. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Your audience, mostly female, hate the color blue. Not not, I mean, that's a poor example, but the idea is like, you know. It, you, if you serve an audience, if, you're, if it's in recruitment marketing, you serve an audience, then bring in a candidate flow, et cetera. In corporate marketing, you serve the customers. Okay. So you serve an audience. And in, at one point, you have to make the decision are we going to be audience driven or customer driven, candidate driven or not? And, you know, interesting enough, um, you know, recruitment is quite unique in the fact that, you know, we're B to B and B to C, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yep. Because we have a we have a candidate audience who are, yep. who are kind of B to C, and then we have the B to B, which is the clients we're we're serving. So we, you know, as marketeers, it's actually quite a tricky job to try and do all of this at the same time. That's so right. trying to, to to kind of like a one size fits all sometimes oh. doesn't work, but sometimes does, right? Sometimes right. you know, many a time do we talk with with our um, you know, recruitment uh, agency partners and their candidates become their clients all this kind of stuff happens especially again in it when you're in senior it level definitely that kind of happens so you know having some marketing leadership to understand that in the first place okay and how you then go on and you take people on that journey we're always like right we know we're going to get very senior it people we're, we're, we're placing we know at some point they're probably going to then become our clients so from a marketing perspective what does that journey look like how do we continually kind of make sure that we're, we have touch points with them. It's the right kind of touch points at the right time that they're, what they're, what we're delivering them is reflective of their journey within that business. And when they're ready to then hire, and then it's a different message that we send to them. This is, this is, this is the only, this is the only thing that can only really be done from a quite a senior level, right? You know, this is not a graphic designer's job or a social media manager's job. This is why right. I talk about this kind of marketing leadership and importance of it, because there are these things that are, really quite quite complex relationships that kind of need to be understood researched right. and then delivered that you just probably you know other 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 businesses and other kind of corporates just don't kind of get involved in that kind of journey no two um two quick questions because both of them were running out of time but both of them i, I really want to ask get your take on one is what should recruitment marketing leaders be or how excuse me how should recruitment marketers be judged and, I, and I, I avoided the analytics and metrics and typical stuff because I just wanted to get your take on like at the end of the day, we're at the we do have a seat at the table. That's fantastic. Sales, got it. Understand how they're judged. How do how should recruitment marketing leaders, how should they be judged? So I always try and steer clear of the kind of vanity metrics, right? The, right. <laughs> the, 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 the amount of followers. You know, we have, you know, social media didn't really do marketers much, much help when it no. come up with followers because everybody just got obsessed with having as many followers. That's right. Um, within recruitment, I'm a big fan of the of, of potential value in the database. Okay. So that is how I like to kind of talk about this. So we drive candidates to wherever we want to drive candidates to 
uh, if they end up in the database, there's a potential value of that person. Right. We know how much it would be to play. If we place that person, how much an average kind of fee that would, would, would bring in. Okay. With a client, when that person comes into, when that client comes into the database, we have an idea of average, how much they're going to spend over a year. So they have a, then at that point, they have a potential value. And I was like to think, right, how, what is the potential value that we have brought into the business? So, you know, it could be hundreds of thousands of pounds potentially per month. Right. Right. It, you know, that's how I like to see it. And I think that's as almost as. That's as healthy. Granular, yeah. It's as healthy as you want to get. It, it proves that there's, there's money, there's money sitting in the, in, in the database ready it, to be. Kind it of it also forces recruiters to think about the database and instead of casting new and trying to avoid the database, it yeah. think about the database and say, Hey, there's, there's things here that are valuable. So I like it. I like it on a couple of different levels. I like people. I like staying away from the vanity stuff. A, uh, staying away from kind of just ROI ish related stuff. Uh, but I, I love the idea of, of hey, listen, there's value in this database. You choose to use it or leverage it, or you don't. Uh, I love that. La- last question: Where do where in your you know and you've dealt with a jillion of these as well. Where do great recruitment marketers come from? <laughs> That is a, that's, a, that's a really good question. If I if I if I knew, I'd I'd go and kind of find them. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like a clover that's only <laughs> only in one part of uh, Ireland. You can only get it in one place. I, so, I've always, I've been fascinated with this for years. It's like, are they are they? Do we build them ourselves? Do we harvest them? Or like, is this just a an ex recruiter that just really really likes the creative side and, and understands recruitment and. And then it's, you know, we take them through the paces and maybe they become recruitment marketers. Like, I, I don't know. I honestly don't have the answer to this question. That's why I thought maybe you would. It, it's, uh, it's all of the above, you know what I mean? So um, uh, once you're in, though, it's a bit like the mafia, you know, just yeah. when you try to get out, it drags oh, you yeah. back in. You don't oh, seem no. to leave. That's, that's the thing. So, oh, no. so, so from my position, you know, I kind of, I, I like, like a, even a lot of recruiters, I just kind of fell into it. You know, it wasn't something I kind of planned. I just kind of ended up working for a, a recruitment agency in the back office. And then kind of that's where my path started. We've got people working with, uh, within my business who are ex-recruiters who are yep. then kind of had a, had a kind of a creative flair and just kind of worked their way up and understood and, you know, did, did whatever kind of courses they need to do. To understand it um and you've had marketers that come over from corporate or came up through university and come over and hmm. they, they understand kind of consumer uh, marketing but they don't understand this so then they have yeah. to kind of unlearn some things exactly and as i said it's 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 it's, it's quite unique in the way that yeah. kind of recruitment marketing works so so yeah so some are ex-recruiters some are people who just kind of fall into it my my the, the generally is is they marketeers within recruitment start quite kind of uh, junior level and then right. over time work their way up and then there's that and there's that pool there uh rarely do they does anyone as a marketer ever a senior marketer ever decided i'm going to go work for a recruitment agency right. it doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> no no they've already got the scars at that point uh, <laughs> uh, to prove that they, they they know certain things james this was wonderful and we we need, we'll need next we'll need more time next time uh to to explore stuff so thank you so much for carving out time for us uh and the recruiting daily podcast well thank you for having me Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Day podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. 